0: of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Well, if you remember from last week, well, I guess if you were a patron, uh, you can hear us uh, sort of spill over into our conversations after the podcast is over. And uh, last week, well, most of our conversations after the podcast are over often revolve around, what are we going to do next time? Or at least they get to that point. It was my turn to pick this week, and I knew that I just was in the mood for something not particularly modern, something old school, something that might even be silly, something that might even be dumb, or even European. And so I knew Craig might hate whatever I proposed. (laughs) And so I was like, yeah, Craig, I'm probably gonna pick something you hate. And so Craig said, well, please, could you just choose four of them and put them up to our patrons and let them decide? So I picked four. In case you're not a patron, you're interested in the four that I picked. They were Neon Maniacs from 1986, where teenagers discover a band of homicidal monsters living under the Golden Gate Bridge, which I ran across fairly recently, and it looked like it was full of 80s cheese. Shockwaves from 1977, which is a Nazi zombie one that I'd been wanting to do for a while, starring Peter Cushing and John Carradine. I Drink Your Blood from 1970, which is about devil-worshipping hippies who get rabies after eating meat pies filled with dog blood. This is a grind. (laughs) This is a grindhouse classic. I mean, I've seen the title everywhere, the poster, and everything like that. I've been wanting to watch that for a while. And uh, the House by the Cemetery, nineteen eighty-one, Lucio Fulci's haunted house classic, the third in his series of Gates of Hell, his Gates of Hell trilogy. I'm pretty sure that Craig would never have picked any of these on his own. (laughs) So I put it up to the Mm -hmm. patrons, and uh, guess which one won? The House by the Cemetery. Nineteen eighty one, by a pretty wide margin. Craig, had you ever seen this before?
1: No. Why would I watch this? <laughs> I know,
0: right? No. By the way, were was I wrong about any of these? Would you have ever chosen any of these, or were you in in any way hoping that somebody would pick one over another?
1: No, they all sounded awful. And I'm sure they all are. I don't know why. <laughs> You are so fascinated. Oh, God.
0: Oh, I love awful movies. Notorious awful movies.
1: Yeah, apparently. Like, uh geez.
0: They lead to some of our better episodes, I think. We'll see. <laughs> All right, so I'm just going to come right under the gate, and I'm going to say this is the second time I've seen this movie. I watched it for the first time fairly recently. I want to say last year, and so this is the second time watching it, and I have to say... <gasps> I enjoyed it more the second time than even the first time. And I'm just going to go on record to say I actually really enjoyed this film.
1: I can't imagine how you inspired yourself to watch this a second time. This was one of the most painfully boring movies I've ever seen. It didn't make any sense. Like, it's not even that it didn't make sense. It's just... Who like? There's nothing to it. It's so stupid. Like every every part of it is dumb. Like you put all the parts together and they make a movie. But
0: come on, <laughs> I actually thought this I, is one of the more let l- l- me let me let me summarize movies we've seen so far.
1: Let me summarize this movie in ten seconds. A family moves into a house by a cemetery. A baby cries. <laughs> There's a, a, a killer. It kills people. The end. That's it. Like it's so stupid. Doctor Freudenstein. I feel like I need to talk quietly. I feel like now I'm. <laughs> you, you you may you're gonna have to explain to people why we're talking quietly. <laughs>
0: Quietly right now because I'm afraid my we're recording this rather late and I'm afraid my neighbors are going to complain if I laugh too loudly or I speak too loudly. It's like close to midnight here. So I've got to be quiet about it. So I'm going to try to restrain my laughter. I'm going to try to speak slowly and seductively like this. If you're an ASMR fan, you might enjoy this episode even more than usual. This,
1: this, is, our ASMR, this is our ASMR episode. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. I wanted to hurt myself by the end from all that f***ing crying. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the incessant child crying through the whole movie? In the soundtrack? In in the movie! Like, what movie did you watch? Through the whole movie. Uh, 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 Through the whole thing.
0: Did you have some other YouTube video on Loop in the background or something while you were watching this?
1: No. Todd, I, I almost called you Alan. Alan, it was in the whole movie. Like, it was a thing. They commented about it at one point. Somebody said something about the, the crying. And it happened the whole time.
0: Well, I guess I was blissfully unaware of it. Maybe my old ears, or maybe because my television—because I actually watch it on television—I don't have the headphones in, so maybe some of these like uh, more subtle sounds uh, escape me.
1: I, you have, I'm going to make you watch it again with earbuds so that you can be driven insane. It's incessant in the background. I can't believe you. Well, th- that—that's th- my whole thing that I wanted to talk about. So maybe I just thought I my guess.
0: neighbor's baby was, you know particularly colicky or something while, while i was watching this
1: <laughs> okay so so here are my notes okay <clears throat> so here well, yeah i can't like that's literally the m- biggest thing that i took away from this movie so i don't know what we're going to talk about now <laughs> the movie opens
0: greg i'm so disappointed go on
1: that i didn't like this are you kidding i thought it was terrible I thought it was terrible. It's
0: not fantastic, but you don't go to a, a Fulci movie to looking for Hollywood-level polish or anything like that. I mean, you know what you were getting into, right, when we sat down to watch this?
1: Fair enough, but you knew what I was getting into, and I don't like these movies. I try to be nice about it. I try to find something good in them, and I just couldn't—no, nothing. Like, okay, so we open on a house by a cemetery. There's a house— <laughs>
0: and a cemetery, and then boobs.
1: <laughs> That's what I that, you, you stole my joke. Okay, so house by... We open on a house by a cemetery. Tits McGee is looking for Steve. Steve? 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 Running with her tits out. She finds Steve scalped and pinned to the door <laughs> with a pair of sewing scissors Okay, and then the killer stabs Tits McGee through the head and the knife comes out of her mouth and it zooms in on her ring because it's going to show up later for no reason. It makes no difference, but we see it and we see that like the killer's hands are messed up and the killer drags Tits McGee out of the room <laughs> into a door
0: <laughs> into a door of the kitchen which they
1: closed. the door. It's it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Leatherface lives in the basement, uh, and then it's day credits title. Those are my notes. This is the first... <laughs>
0: <laughs> you just stop taking notes after that. This is the first. This is the first three minutes of the movie without going any further. Don't tell me that you didn't find this intriguing.
1: No, not really. Like
0: <laughs> you got tits. You got your house by your cemetery, so you know it, that checks by the, the title. Oh and, my God. and then a person gets murdered quite brutally. Right in the beginning and dragged into the cellar. Don't you want to know
1: that what's going on? Alone. No, that alone Oh my god. No. I We don't
0: want to have a horror movie anymore. Jesus. God
1: <laughs> honestly like I put the movie on and then Alan started talking to me. So I paused it and I like you know, I took my headphones off and he walks over. It, I don't remember he was doing something behind me and he's like podcast movie. And I was like, Yeah. And it was Tits McGee. And he was like todd's pick is like uh-huh
0: <laughs> <laughs> wait what makes this just, any different? <laughs> what makes this so it. far any worse than any other slasher movie we've seen what makes this any worse your there's your a, whole because, summary of this movie is exact could be used for every haunted house movie we've ever watched
1: absolutely or every be. slasher there's, there's, movie
0: we've ever watched
1: But this is boring. There's nothing like it's not clever. It's not funny. Okay. wait a minute.
0: No, I I disagree. I disagree with you 100 percent. Okay. after this happens, a little girl looks out a window and it turns into a black and white photo on a wall in New York. There's this girl peering out this window of this black and white photo of this uh, house that we have just seen. And now there's a kid who's just staring at it. He's got Uh blue as hell eyes. Okay, he's annoying. Gonna I know, I know he's annoying.
1: child. I hate him. I hate him. His name is Bob. Who names our kid f-ing Bob? That's, God, the, the,
0: you know, the writer of the movie named his kid Bob. The kid's real name is Giovanni Frezza.
1: <laughs> That's better. But the thing that infuriated me about this kid is anytime he opened his mouth, because this whole movie is dubbed fine. I'm used to these Italian movies being dubbed. Not a problem. This is clearly an adult. Affecting uh, yeah. a child's voice,
0: Mommy, what's the matter?
1: Mommy, why does that girl keep telling me I shouldn't go there? What girl, Bob? The one standing at the window in that house. Ah, uh, I guess she had something to do. Let's just say you never saw her in the first
0: place, right?
1: Yes, I did. I saw her face. She was waving. And
0: I could read her mouth. And did she say anything to you? Yep, she said that I shouldn't go over there. Why did you say that, Mommy?
1: Fuck you, was kid. I wanted to kill him. <laughs> I wish he would die. All
0: right, fair enough. He stares at the photo and he says, Mommy, why does that girl keep telling me that I shouldn't go in there? And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, the girl in the picture, in the window. And the mom looks at the picture and the girl is not there.
1: You don't think this is creepy? I'm not going to let you talk me into appreciating this. You don't think there's no intrigue here?
0: No. You don't think there is any
1: like, if I did, which I'm not sure that I do or not, it would just make me even more angry because nothing pays off. Like, Oh, I, okay. I, I guess you can, you can conjecture about what is going on here, but you never really know. Well, that's and the, the other point. thing. Ugh, the other thing that infuriates me. Okay. So as it turns out, Bob's dad, Norman, is taking a new job where he's taking over for some scientist who was studying suicide what Mm. i don't know i I thought at some point they said he was studying suicide and that was ironic because then he committed suicide like
0: like murder suicide
1: he slaughtered his
0: mistress and then killed himself exactly
1: right so he's taking over and so you and like the dumb annoying kid is like mommy they the girl says we shouldn't go there and the mom's like oh no but we're gonna go there anyway it's fine like mm-hmm. it, it's stupid and so then they the girl's name is lucy
0: norman and lucy and their kid bob pack up their station wagon and they leave new york city to go to some little town in new england they've rented this very same house in order for oh. them to stay there while he picks up the pieces and tries to figure out what's going on it's it's tenuous you don't really understand what exactly he's supposed to be researching but he's which
1: is fine i don't really care that it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter we know we have to get them to the scary house and that's fine uh it's the exact same well not exactly but pretty much the same premise as burn offerings like okay you know there's a scary house we got to get this family and they're fine don't have a problem with Mm -hmm. that and then we Mm -hmm. get to uh a new place that we need to talk about the girls and the mannequins which I also yes. don't understand. But the thing yes. that bothered me the most was multiple times in the movie, somebody says to the dad, "You've been here before. I've seen you." And he was like, "No, I haven't. Nope. Uh-uh. Nope. Not with me." And that never pays off. Like I have mm. no idea why multiple people had seen him there before at some point. Yeah. I thought oh okay well that other doctor was out here having an affair like maybe this is like the mistress house and maybe mm. that's why he's being shady about it but they never explain that do they you're right this is never <laughs> this bit and Look, they like they draw this... attention to it multiple times like yeah, at one it point... seems like it should be central to the mystery and it never pays off
0: at one point one of the characters even says to him
1: dr boyle
0: yeah you will pardon my indiscretion Please. Uh, What was he so eager to um, discuss with you back then? Back when? When you came to visit him with your daughter, don't you remember? Uh, Last October, I think it was. I never paid a visit to Dr. Peterson. In fact, this is the first time that I've set foot in this town.
1: Are you sure? Yes, of course, positive. And then I have a son, not a daughter. Easy mistake, that boy could be a girl. (laughs) It's true.
0: (laughs) I mean, he's clearly voiced by a girl, an adult girl. (laughs) So, okay, so yes, there are a lot of loose threads in this movie. A lot, Todd, Uh, they're all loose threads, nothing
1: adds up. It bothers me because then,
0: that that stupid little
1: girl, what's that little girl, her name is May. First of all, she speaks to Bob psychically from Boston to New York. Yes. And and then as soon as they leave New York we cut immediately to her standing with some woman in front of a store looking at mannequins and mm-hmm. then one of the mannequins heads falls That's, off but yeah, it's it has like, like these it's,
0: striking green eyes yeah almost looks it's a very odd looking mannequin it, it looks yeah. like it's – like halfway realistic, and then you're right. The head falls off, and a, it's a bloody stump under there, and it rolls forward, and the girl screams.
1: Oh, God! <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it drives me crazy. And then she you don't just says, whoa, 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 she wait, just wait, wait, said, wait a I know that this, this pays off, but it. Uh, it at I don't this know point where in to, the movie, you're go.
0: frustrated, yeah. or are you not intrigued? At this point in the movie, not knowing what's coming, were you frustrated or intrigued?
1: I don't know. I didn't like it, Todd. I don't know what to tell you.
0: You didn't like it? Because you needed no. to have every you're not the kind of guy who has to have everything spelled out for him right in the beginning. This is no, building it, mystery. Who is this girl? What is the deal with this house? Why do people think he's been there before? What are, what are they gonna find when they get there? And why is this girl warning him, the boy not to go to the house, which of course the kids don't believe and she's communicating with them psychically? Like this is an interesting story.
1: We're making it sound more interesting than it was. It was just boring. It was just random cuts. I
0: was interested. To random
1: scenes of people that we don't know. And like. Oh, it's artsy. Oh my God! it's happens not, all the time. It's lazy. It's lazy. It happens all
0: the time in movies, Craig. Of course, it's not lazy. You don't it know what what these people are. You don't know their relationships. But later on, the movie starts to piece the put the pieces together. No, it together, doesn't.
1: Finn. That is the problem. No, it does oh. not. It does not. Start Sometimes to put it, it does. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so they, so the random mannequin oh, scene, and then the they arrive. I
0: can't believe are. I'm going to have to explain all this to you. All right, you're not go oh on. Oh my
1: god! Like I get the <laughs> gist of it, but so much of it doesn't make any sense. So they they park like in the town square or something, and the parents leave the kid alone in the car, which in right. the '80s people did. Happened <laughs> all the time. <laughs> it's a little jarring today, but I was left in the car alone with the doors unlocked many times. Right, it it's was a fine. busy
0: street in a sleepy town. Yeah,
1: but then the the girl talks to him psychically again from down the street, and when that the parents cool. kind of, I actually kind of liked that shot, like the long creepy. shot of her it's creepy as hell. way down at the end of the street. What was he's,
0: that? he's sitting in the car, and we just have a close-up on him, and we hear this girl's voice like it's in the seat behind him, which would be creepy enough. He turns around and instead looks through the rear of the car, and this girl is all the way across the street, but she still sounds like she's right there next to him. I thought that was creepy as fuck.
1: I like that shot i liked the long shot of her down the street but then the parents come out and he's not in the car and they panic for a second and there are intense close-ups because this is fulci just a huge fan of like intense face close-ups because yeah. this movie is full of them um him or like, gentle
0: both do this right Maybe Fulci goes a little overboard with it.
1: Well, I don't know. (laughs) He thought it was cool
0: once or twice, but then he kind of like, he's like the guy who takes a joke a little too far.
1: (laughs) I don't remember. I get them mixed up, but I feel like either or both of them do. Like those really intense face close ups, in really, but in really intense moments, like in moments where the spear is coming right at your eye, like Mm -hmm. that's crazy and that's intense. And I really dig that. But this, like all of these intense close ups, it's just like dramatic chipmunk. It's like, like, they are like all the time having these intense reactions. Like, calm down. <laughs> <I> like <that. laughs> take a sec- take a breath. Look around. He's right there. But that's not- <laughs> so okay. So the kid's not in the car, and then, <laughs> and then surprise chipmunk. <gasps> And then they look across like he's right there, like he's just sitting in the grass <laughs> right outside the, By car. the side of the road. But he has this with big the doll. doll and the doll looks like me. And I'm, now I'm like, OK, now this is getting interesting because uh-huh. that girl, like she's going to be his friend, but she's really the doll and the parents aren't going to know, no. no no thank you we never see that doll again like the (laughs) mom looks it over at some point like she's just like fondling it her and the dad are talking she's like fondling the dog and the dog the doll and uh out of nowhere for no Mm -hmm. reason she freaks out (laughs) and like throws (laughs) it down and like bob is always bringing home this trash Like what (laughs)
0: what are you talking about Okay, you're right. This is also there's weirdness. That is weird. But what May says to him is sinister. She's like, "I may, and I've been waiting for you. You shouldn't have come, Bob." Bob is stroking this doll. At this point, I'm thinking May's a ghost. That's well, this is what too, I'm but thinking.
1: But that's all she ever but, says. Every time she sh- sh- shows up, that's all. No, no, don't no, do it. No, she says other there. stuff.
0: No, she she says other. Oh, okay. I'm about to tell you some stuff that she says. Fine. But first, she shows up. And when they show up at the house, um, Lucy, who is Norman's wife, is unsettled that it looks exactly like the photo on the wall in his apartment. And he totally dismisses it. Um, (laughs) He's just like, all these houses, they all look the same, blah, blah, blah. That's interesting, right? Like, why would.
1: No, it is not interesting. Because. That's exactly why it's not interesting because there's no answer to that question.
0: Mm, maybe not.
1: Well, maybe Listen, not. if there's an answer, just tell me now. I don't care if it's a spoiler or not. Like why is he so shady about it? Why does everybody keep saying they've seen him there before? I feel like at some point in time, that was part of the story, but it got cut out. And I think you it, might be right. It makes no sense.
0: Because this, this script went through multiple rewrites by multiple authors. Um, Fulci himself like wasn't happy with the script that he got initially. He thought it was too derivative of another movie that had come out years before. And so, like, yeah, it has been through different writers. And I think there are trace lingerings of lingering traces. <laughs> of, I like um, that. Trace lingerings. You
1: like that? That's yeah. fun. I'm going to trace using
0: that. I think I coined a new <laughs> phrase. I like it. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I want to hear it once I hear it in a movie. Uh, I'll, I'll know it came from me. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, um, I agree with you. I And I also think that Fulci, along with Argento, along with a lot of these Italian guys, they put creepy shit into the movie just to be creepy, even though ultimately it makes no sense or it has no payoff or the best you can say is, well, it was a dream. It was a vision or maybe there's some backstory that we're never going to get. I feel like there was that's probably something I, more.
1: That's why I say it's cheap. It's because it's nitpicking like, ooh, creepy little kid. Let's put that. In. Ooh, creepy doll. Ooh, creepy yeah. this, creepy that. But nothing but it is creepy. comes of it. No, it's yes, not. Yes,
0: things come of it. No, you, now you're just picking little things that definitely what, what nothing comes, comes of, of, of it. Doll? And you're saying the whole movie is full what of this. Com-
1: what comes of that doll?
0: No, nothing <laughs> comes of the doll. But it's weird. <laughs> what,
1: what, what comes of him dismissing her when she says, oh, there was this picture on our wall, what comes of that?
0: I told you. <laughs> I, think I think it's lingering from another script, but you're just missing the whole movie. And you're saying nothing comes of anything. That's not true. N- but nothing yes, nothing does comes of these two things. <sighs> oh my goodness! God. Fine. This is Keep going. this is almost painful for Talk me. About the all right, I'm, I'm sick
1: of doing all the work. You summarize I it.
0: <laughs> wow, it's a good thing this is our ASMR episode. <laughs>
1: Okay. All right. Uh, In my notes, I'm up to mom freaks out about doll for no reason. Norman tells her to take her pills. And then Mm -hmm. I I guess I'll discuss it then.
0: They come in the door and they see the kitchen and they see that door, which has been boarded shut. Who boarded that door shut? That's creepy. It's subtle in the background. Like they don't, they make no mention of it.
1: That's true. I didn't notice it was boarded up. I didn't notice it was boarded up until. Oh my god Todd I am just so infuriated about all of this because then this the
0: woman is hearing things in the house
1: Yeah they're all hearing things crying I can't bl- I am still blown away seriously you have to put you have to put this movie back on and put in earbuds and just listen to any part where they're in the house because there is this constant crying like I don't understand how you didn't hear it because several times they thought it was Bob and went looking for like oh there are moments when it happens
0: There are moments when it happens. happens I remember moments when it happens. I don't remember it happening all the time like a constant. (sighs) You make it sound like it's a constant. uh, No, it's not. Always
1: there. It's just. Oh. It's it's only
0: there when it needs to be there.
1: Well, it's a lot, and it's the exact same. Like they recorded some adult going "Ah, ah, ah," for for ten seconds, and then repeated it over and over again.
0: Since when did the cheapness of a movie bother us?
1: I don't mind it,, uh, I don't mind it if there's something good to grab onto, but there's not, except for random people who just show up at their house. This lady, do you want to talk about her? We have to get to the fact that this crazy, random person just shows, shows up, up the at baby their house. the babysitter mm-hmm. the babysitter. like, mm-hmm. okay. Let me ask you a question. If you were just at home and somebody knocked on the door or just walked in. No, not knocked on the door, walked into your house and startled you. And you're like, hey, what's up? And she's like, oh, I'm the babysitter. What would your next step be? <laughs> like- well, she said
0: "She said Mrs. Gittleson set me over. So the idea is, is that Mrs. she Gittleson. Mrs. Gittleson was the realtor. They were in the real estate office. Lori Gittleson was the realtor, and she had that male real estate agent, Harold, who we see also. So apparently she asked Mrs. Gittleson to refer a babysitter, and Anne shows up and says, Mrs. Gittleson sent me over. I know, but (laughs) that's the implication. When you say Mrs. Gittleson sent me over and she says, I'm Anne the babysitter, and Lucy goes, oh, okay, then if Lucy's not bothered, I'm not bothered.
1: Okay, but, random lady who just showed up at my house. <laughs> and, oh, and come then, on. And like, and, so and, as as, as she's being introduced, it it keeps flash cutting back to the decapitated the mannequin. mannequin, just to make it very With the clear. The green eyes that that's
0: she has what the this same is. green eyes.
1: Todd. Yes, it's who, Todd.
0: It's artsy and it's striking.
1: Who, who is, is this woman?
0: woman? She's the babysitter. Her name's <laughs> Anne.
1: Why is she there? What role does she play in this? It Mrs. Gittleson sent
0: her over. Her role is the babysitter. <laughs> you are thinking too hard about this.
1: Why are you thinking God. so deeply about this? Because they go out of their way to make her shady and mysterious. Like she she won't like she just shows up. The every time, every time the camera is on her, it is an intense close-up of her eyes yes like she's doing shady shit right is she hypnotizing them it like and she's Mm. being super shady uh Um. and but and at one point at one point the mom comes in and is talking to her and is like well, you disappeared for a couple days where were you and she's like uh, i went to see my parents and then the mom asks her a bunch of other questions that she just doesn't answer like the the girl just stands there silently like she just looks at her like it just intense close ups of her eyes just staring and the wife the wife walks in to another room where the husband is and she's like that girl's weird
0: <laughs> yeah she doesn't talk she never answers my questions oh well
1: (laughs) she's weird
0: but you know what the people that my parents had had babysitting me in the 80s like you wouldn't believe like uh they were like you know 12 year old kids babysitting like you know eight year old kids it was it was a different time you know
1: you know i grew up in a college town so my parents would just leave us with like random like they could fuck from the local fraternity off the street like hey (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but apparently that's let him how in the spoke for too but no, let him in the let,
0: door handed like, him a six pack and said have at him
1: I don't know it just like it seems it seems like she's supposed to have something to do with the overall plot but she doesn't the only thing that she has to do with it is that like that mannequin scene was just foreshadowing like yes why no
0: creepy foreshadowing i'm I'm not okay with it. i'm not okay with it i don't craig i I think you're taking it all too literally i mean i don't think that mannequin scene really happened in real life the girl's a ghost the ghost girl's standing outside this mannequin thing she the girl the ghost girl's trying to warn the boy about what's going on and and she sees this thing happen. So she, the ghost girl gets a supernatural foreshadowing of the woman going to be decapitated later. And sure enough, that, it happens. So it all fine. works. It that's all clicks fine. together. It's not but nonsensical. Then, but
1: then why is the babysitter, Mrs. Baylock, when she should just be Laurie Strode? I don't get it. Why is she? Why is she creepy and suspicious? There's no reason for it. Because She's not in she on She knows
0: it. about. She knows about the house. She knows about the house's history. How do you know that? Because she's a local.
1: So she's just a local goth girl? You're looking for an explanation. She's just a local goth girl who wants to hang out in the haunted house?
0: I would say she's worried about the family. Oh but her God. worry about the family without her willingness to actually worry the family by speaking up about it, because that's just what people do in these movies. You right? are Nobody writing your be, own movie.
1: Look, You're writing your own just, movie in your head. Look, man, <laughs> look, if everybody
0: in these movies because they never do, because it would never be an interesting story, just flat out said why they're there and what their motivation is and uh, told all the details and backstory that that everybody needed to know, then it wouldn't be a movie. This is so typical of these ghost stories. It's a lot of mysterious people coming in who are cagey about why they're there and who seem suspicious and whatnot. And this is just another one of those girls. That's just how these stories go. This is how every ghost story goes. No, it isn't. Oh, my God. What do you watch?
1: Not every ghost story is full of red herrings that are just left unexplained. They're just
0: not. Many of them are.
1: Well, here's my
0: explanation for her. All you need to know is she's a local girl. She was sent by the real estate agent to be their babysitter. But she, along with everybody else in the town, because we hear that pretty much everybody else in the town, Knows that this house is effed up, but you have nobody's to do really. So but much nobody, between the
1: lines. Nobody is. Stop. Is this
0: not between the lines? Yes, it's 100% it in your face. Everybody talks about how fucked up the house is. Everybody says there's a whole scene between the two... Oh, I just told you, Alan, again.
1: Don't interrupt me. There's a whole argument that I'm calling you my partner's name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's okay. was a whole scene between the two realtors that comes up shortly after this. Freudstein house it
1: was inevitable what that they'd want to leave the Freudstein property oak mansion Harold how many times do I have to tell you that house is now called oak mansion
0: yeah give the bad product a new label well call it what you will but it's always been Freudstein's house They imply that nobody wants to be in there. Nobody does the thing. Every townsperson they encounter when they talk about Freudstein, it's like, oh, he's not buried here. Oh, no. There's all kinds of gossip, yada, yada, yada. All right. But of course, they don't tell the family because that's what happens. When the guys from, you know, move into the Amityville house, nobody tells them the backstory of the house. When the people move into the poltergeist house, nobody tells them it was built on an ancient Indian burial ground. If they did, the movie would be over and it wouldn't be interesting. So this is what's happening. So my story here is that Anne, of course, is the babysitter and of course she knows more about the history of the house than she's willing to let on, but she's trying to, I don't want to say trying to protect them, but she herself is curious. And so in the middle of the night, they hear voices, they hear noises And eventually uh, Norman comes Downstairs and he finds Anne trying To pry up the boards Away from the door that leads to the basement And, and that's creepy as fuck And they stare at
1: intensely for five seconds And then he just walks, walks away
0: Yeah, now that's <sighs> weird But why is she trying to go down in the basement? You think it's sinister, right? She obviously knows something's down there. We know something's going on down there because we saw a body get dragged in there. And it's really shady that the door has been boarded over. And now it's especially shady that she's trying to open it. What is she trying to release what's in there? Or is she trying to assure herself? Is she trying to purify, cleanse the house? You know what? I mean, it's just like she can't necessarily be in this house and be comfortable until she investigates and figures out if this is actually true what she might suspect about the house or not. So she goes down there. I'm not saying that's the reading. I'm saying it's a perfectly acceptable reading at the end of the day, once you've watched the whole movie.
1: Sure. (laughs) Okay. But my point Uh,
0: is, it's all creepy as fuck, and I think it was creepy. I think it gets the point across. Like, at this point in the movie, you got this creepy babysitter who's trying to open this basement that we know something horrible is down there. There's this weird ghost girl who's warning Bob, don't go in the house. They're in the house now. There's this weird accident that happened in there. And so ne- next we have, you know, Norman and he's with Mr. Wheatley at the university and they're discussing Dr. Peterson, who was the guy who did the murder suicide thing in the house. <laughs> There's this weird, into- um I don't know, I guess he's like a grad student named Daniel <laughs> who yeah. comes in. And he's like, here you go. Here are all the medical reports, death certificates, lists of missing persons that Dr. Peterson had requested.
1: He was kind of funny. Like, I I kind of feel like he understood the assignment. Like, if you're going to just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that it needs to be funny because it's so silly and over the top, but it is mm-hmm. 100% straight. Like, every single person is playing this straight as a razor. And that I think just doesn't work for me. Like if you're going to be, if you're going to introduce this stupid babysitter character, like make her just crazy pants over the top shady. And and this guy gets it. Like (laughs) he has, he is, he is is insignificant. He has nothing to do with anything at all, but he's in several scenes and he's like, Igor, like, walk (laughs) this way. Like, he's so Mm -hmm. over the top. You like bug eyed creepy.
0: I I think he's almost excited. He's trying to be a professional, you know, sort of scholar type person, but he's excited at the salaciousness of all this drama that's been going on and the fact that this new guy's here in town to investigate it. He's pulled out all the stuff, but he's trying not to get in his way too much and trying not to kind of let that on, but he can't help it because it's painted all over his face. At the the end of the scene, he goes, hey, you want to know where he hanged himself? There, from that railing.
1: (laughs) And he comes back later like the norm... Norman or whatever his name is comes back to the library like when it's closed on the weekend or something and Daniel like pops in like what are you doing here like, <laughs> like he's either been caught doing something or he's supposed to be guarding mm. the books or something and, but again like I appreciate this guy because he's kind of over the top creepy but nothing comes of it nothing it's okay
0: it doesn't have to you know just like what comes of Igor He's just there.
1: It would be okay if anything came of anything, but nothing does, except for the fact that Norman finds a book that says, like, Dr. Freudstein on the front, and then Bob is, like, out exploring the graveyard, and he finds the grave of Mrs. Freudstein.
0: Bob is, like, playing with this girl. It's like his imaginary friend. It's like he's playing with the ghost. And that's interesting and creepy, and they run across this gravestone with Mister M- M- Mary Freudstein on it, and May comes up behind him and says, oh, that's the wife of Dr. Freudstein, only it's all a lie. She's not really buried there. Creepy.
1: She's not very dead. Like, I, I, fine, creepy. I get it. They're ghosts, whatever. It's, yeah. And they never like this. This woman that is escorting May around every once in a while, they never show her face. So you know it's obviously Mrs. Freudstein or whatever. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm not sure what they were going for with the name. Like, is this supposed to be a fr- a play on Frankenstein? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Whatever. I think Who so. Cares? norm i I call him norm because we're friends um norm reads about dr freudstein losing his medical license because he was like doing unconventional experiments or something and then lucy is cleaning the house and pulls away a rug to sweep or vacuum and finds (laughs) dr freudstein's tomb under their living room floor (laughs) yes (laughs) under an inch of dust
0: What? That's awesome.
1: (laughs) Nobody has moved that rug in a century. (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, if you're willing to just read it, like, if you're willing to read it as a scary story to tell in the dark... But that's what this is. just is like, ooh, there's a tomb under the floor. Uh, But that's
0: what this uh, is. I mean, it's just a more literal version of this house was built on an ancient Indian burial ground. Right,
1: but it's, like, it's so stupid. But they don't even consider... first, First of all, like, she barely even... Is affected by it, and
0: no, she's freaked out by it. This,
1: she says something to her husband, or she, somebody just explains it away. Like oh people used to do that.
0: <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. He says, "This ain't New York. Most of the old houses in the neighborhood have tombs in them." Now I was like, "No, they don't.
1: This but is an other,
0: Italian write about, writing about America." This the other happen. thing
1: that they don't even take into consideration for a second is that they have a full basement. <laughs> like what? <laughs> What is, what do you, and then it turns out that, like, literally it's just a tomb covering over a stairwell to the basement. Yes. Which doesn't make any sense, but is funny nonetheless.
0: It is entirely possible that there could be a body buried between the floor upstairs and the ceiling of the basement.
1: But there's not.
0: There is. <laughs> I think that's interesting when we learn that, too. But I guess you don't. Here's the other thing. Lucy herself, um, it's been kind of established that she's taking pills, and she's worried that the pills have been giving her hallucinations. So, again, this is another one of those typical haunted house tropes where the person's hearing things, but they're not even sure they trust themselves. So there's a lot of her hearing voices, especially after she un- uncovers the tomb. You know, she hears noises and all kinds of stuff, and there's this really cool shot here. And you got to say, this the cinematography in here is pretty damn good.
1: I don't got to say that. <laughs> it's fine. Well,
0: I'm going to say it. There's a lot of sweeping camera angles. There's a lot of one-take shots that, t- that track through the whole house or track upstairs and downstairs. This sweeps around her and comes up over her head as she's just surrounded by these sounds, and they get louder and louder, and she just sort of screams. And Norman comes f- home to find her cowering in the corner. And then we get a shot of the pill's. Then pan down to her on the bed, and now she's fine. It's like he's finally convinced her to take her pills, yeah. and this seems to be, she seems to be feeling better. The, the lighting here is great, and and he, you know he's playing a great husband. He's like, okay, look, this ain't New York. All the houses around here have tombs in them. <laughs> now we're going to go solve the cellar door mystery, mm-hmm. and so he goes down there with her, and they've got a skeleton key to open it, but the key doesn't work, and <laughs> eventually they use a knife this is kind of stupid it's like it doesn't turn right it's like the door hasn't been opened in a long time or something and so he uses a knife kind of as a pry through the key to to finally open it and there's this awesome shot on the other side
1: i know why this is my favorite part of the movie right <laughs> it's like this this part where he's unlocking the door and there are no stakes really like nobody no, knows but it's what's down there as hell Well, and to see it from the other side and to see it just kind of slowly, like, jostling open. And the dust kind
0: of coming off of it. Oh.
1: That was the most suspenseful part of the movie to me. It's brilliant. (laughs) The lock, getting the lock open. I also thought, surely, this happens twice. Uh, The first time this happened, I was like, he's going to break that key. Like, he's Mm. prying it with a, a knife I, I thought for sure he was going to break it. And then I also thought, and he's also going to cut his own throat. Like that knife is going to yeah. slip and come It'll out or and kill something. him. So it was a very tense scene. Yeah, it was. I agree. But anyway, what they, I mean, they get in there, right? But like, do they even go down?
0: He creeps down the stairs. He finds that woman. He finds ring. Tits
1: McGee's ring. Uh, on the stairs.
0: So we know that, yeah, that this is the place and that she was down there. Um, And then a bat attacks him. And holy shit, this bat.
1: (gasps) That's right. Okay, I kind of like this part too. This, is so
0: <laughs> this bat starts attacking her, and then he he whacks it away from her, and then it, it attacks him, and then it latches onto his hand.
1: I liked it because it, so oh, like, it was so stupid. Oh, dumb. It, it latches onto his hand, and he can't get it. Like he's trying so hard to rip it off. I'm he like,
0: runs upstairs. There's blood. He's shaking his hand to try to get the bat off, and blood is going all over Bob's sprays.
1: face. Oh, that's hilarious!
0: <laughs> he stabs it. And the knife into it, and still that bat's alive, but like you know, three times his body weight and blood is pouring out. Of it.
1: I love when he stabbed the bat in the middle of its back, and like five wounds opened all over the back <laughs> of the bat, <laughs> it started bleeding. That was hilarious.
0: On the back, he's like, Not enough blood, and it's just coming. No, okay, I guess we could just put a few more wounds in there. And he's
1: like, No, make them six. It's so funny because in my, in my notes, I have Norm stabs hand bat one of the dumbest scenes i've ever seen but now thinking back on it I'm like that was funny <laughs> that that scene was funny oh, it
0: was so entertaining okay. so
1: the bat the bat is the last straw so they tell the realtor or the guy at the realtor's office that they want to move mm-hmm. and then you just see a random shot of may again the girl saying don't go inside don't go inside and then you see the Realtor lady, go inside.
0: It's interesting because May is in there. It's another house. It's like a bedroom, but she's surrounded by dolls. And um, this woman, again, we know it's Mrs. Freudstein by now, but it could be her mother. We don't know. And says, May, what were you doing at the window? And she says, watching the house is all. And she says, oh, you know you can't see it from here. And then she screams, don't go inside. So anyway, Lori, the realtor, comes into the house now looking for the family. It's late and nobody's home. But this is so creepy, this scene. Lori sees shadows passing across the window. She walks through the house. She steps on that tomb, which breaks open, and her foot slips into it, and now her foot is caught. Mm-hmm. The, the lights go out. There's a POV of that hand. Now we got, like again, that killer POV like we saw in the beginning, grabbing a poker and, uh, from the fireplace and approaching her. And there is a very slow, extremely bloody, and cruel stabbing scene of stabs her in the chest twice, twists it around, then in her neck. This scene goes on for like two minutes of her just screaming while she's being slowly stabbed, blood gushing out of her neck, blood gushing out of the wounds. This is gory. And my understanding is that Fulci had to cut quite a bit of this scene. And I think it's all been restored for us because this, I can't imagine this being any longer.
1: No, it hasn't because um, initially it uh, included eye gouging because then once she's dead and you see her get dragged away, she's in far worse shape than when we last saw her. She is.
0: I I wondered about
1: that. Her face and head is messed up. Um, Yeah, they asked him. I I think it was, uh, you know, I don't know if this was released first in America or Italy, but the equivalent of the MPAA told him he needed to cut like the eye gouging and stuff, which he did willingly because he wasn't satisfied with the effects anyway.
0: Yeah, right. (laughs) It sounds like him. Ah, I didn't like the effects anyway. (laughs) um, But it's super gross. It's super bloody.
1: I liked that scene it was good and uh i liked the effects but then the killer drags her into the cellar and the next thing that we see is Anne cleaning up the, Clean blood. the blood and mm-hmm. lucy comes in and sees her cleaning up the blood and they don't talk about it
0: what you know why you know what i think it is why because she thinks it's the blood from the bat
1: oh okay you think you think Anne thinks it's the blood from the bat
0: yeah, I think Anne thinks it's the blood from the no. bat. too.
1: it is very clear. It leaves. He drags the body that leaves a blood trail. Like clearly, a body has been dragged away.
0: But Norman ran up. The I mean, he must have left a huge blood trail when dragging that bat all the way upstairs and into okay. the kitchen from itself. Right. No, th- <laughs> no, but I think you're right that we're not meant to think that. I think it's easily explained away, knowing what we know now about Lucy. But at the time, the filmmaker is very definitely casting more suspicion on Lucy because Anne's like, "Hey, what a shame you didn't come with us to the restaurant last night," and we get more close-up eyes. You know, now it's like we're supposed to suspect Anne yeah. stabbed Laurie and is cleaning up the mess. So now we get a scene uh, that Peterson is reading up about Dr. Freudstein um who had a penchant for doing illegal experiments Norman tells Lucy that she ne- he needs to go to New York to follow up on a hunch that his but, suicide
1: wasn't connected to the right? research Doesn't he say he needs to go I felt like he said she's like I need to go he's like I need to go to New York and she's like today and he, yeah I got to he doesn't and make it then that the far. next thing we see he just goes to the library the library's not in New York i don't get it
0: he stops by there on the way he doesn't make it norman's at the library creepy daniel pops in being creepy suddenly bob is being chased pov through the woods but it turns out it's may they're and just, they're just playing, playing in the cemetery again and she tells him again she's like don't go in the house bob
1: and he says it's a i'm just gonna go in for a second and then i'll come back out liar <laughs> he just goes in there and just stays
0: <sighs> it's so creepy, though. It's like burnt... In a way, it's kind of like burnt offerings. I'm on the edge of my seat for Bob here because it's like, you know, you've pressed your luck too much, and now you're going back into the house. Something really bad is going to happen.
1: I hate Bob, so yeah. I wish something bad would happen. You
0: wanted him. something bad.
1: He is a cute kid. Uh, he actually looks like like in appearance. I can't tolerate his <laughs> voiceover, but <laughs> in appearance. He's a very cute little blonde-haired, blue-eyed kid. He, is. he reminds me of... Uh, Kid of a friend of ours. We can talk about later. (laughs) Oh, he
0: was in several of these movies, like The Manhattan Baby, which is another Fulci movie that came uh, the year after this. He was in a movie before this. He's
1: only eight. As far as kid actors goes, he's fine. He's whatever.
0: He was in Demons. You remember doing Demons?
1: Uh, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We loved it. It was you know the theater gets locked up and the woman turns into a demon. Okay, yeah, yes, yes.
1: I, I always get it and Night of the Demons mixed up. But yeah, I do remember the theater one. It was good. It was good.
0: Norman's doing research. He re- Oh, he, he finds, right. And he finds tape. a cassette
1: tape. Yeah. It says Peterson Personal. What does that mean? Who is Peterson? Peterson is oh, the guy. Oh, the doctor. Yeah, the doctor. The doctor. Okay, okay. It's so
0: typical. It's like, oh, I lost all critical perspective. The signs, the warnings of this house. It yeah, draws me like an internal magnet and frightens me.
1: It's the, it's the recording from Evil Dead. It is. Basically. It's, and I like that part.
0: While he's listening to this, we get this tracking shot through the house. And it goes through the house and it goes into the basement. We're hearing his voice. And blood starts pouring over the tomb, which is magically back together again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Body parts are strung all over the floor on a table. We're talking in the basement now. We're, we're seeing parts of the basement we've never seen before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's all very lurid and very, you know, very fulchy-esque.
1: V- uh, yeah, just dismembered bodies everywhere, including children, I think.
0: It zooms in on a corpse that looks just like Bob. At the same point in which he says on the tape, no, no, not the children. And then it cuts back to Bob. And I'm thinking, was this in Norman's imagination? Did Norman get a vision here? Or is this just for us, the viewer?
1: I don't know. I I think that he was just envisioning what he was hearing on the tape.
0: But one of those is unmistakably Bob.
1: Then he burns the tape.
0: Yeah, then he burns the tape. I don't know why the the hell he burned the tape. That made no sense.
1: No, it doesn't make any sense.
0: He has no need to, to cover this up, except perhaps he's... Being driven by the forces of the house to cover up the evidence, so that the house can continue to keep doing what it's doing. God, I don't
1: know. So much random stuff happens. I said Anne wanders around staring at stuff, mm-hmm. um, and then <laughs> I made a note of this because it just—I just cracked up when I saw it. somebody is on the street for some reason. And you see traffic going by and one of the cars is a station wagon with a big sign on the top that said school bus. And that was the most <laughs> amusing thing that I had ever seen. Oh my gosh, so funny. Um, but then Bob finds the cellar door open oh, and his car, the car that he always has with him, is missing. And then it cuts away from that and then Ann Can't find Bob, but here's that crying from the cellar. So she starts to go down to the cellar. But
0: but this is really jarring because Anne seems like a totally different person now. Like, she's no longer creepy Anne who barely talks. Now she just seems like a normal girl investigating the basement. True. You know, like any teenager in any slasher movie we've ever seen. I I found that really jarring. Except... I think it tracks with my earlier explanations that Anne isn't really creepy. The movie is just sort of sending us this red herrings that she is. But she goes into the basement. She hears the sobbing. I did hear sobbing. I made a note here. But now she doesn't seem so sinister, right? The door closes behind her. And, of course, she's trapped. And now we have a POV of that same hand holding a knife coming up the stairs. And we see that Bob suddenly is on the other side in the kitchen. Like Anne's calling for him and suddenly it's bob but he's not anywhere in the basement at all right so he picks up a monkey doll and a plastic gun and says okay yogi we're gonna go rescue Ann."
1: i thought that was super cute oh, i didn't see that at all that's funny
0: but too late on the other side Ann gets sliced really brutally on both sides of the neck and then that knife just saws through it, it, it this is again very full gs but up close and just gross
1: yeah I, I the, the practical effect looked good. It, it was good. The practical effects throughout are, are pretty good. I mean, you know, stylistic in the way that they typically are in these movies, uh, but yeah. I like it. I liked it. Right. Then silence, and then Bob goes down to the cellar and, like, he walks all the way down the stairs, and then. Well, the door opens behind him.
0: Bob walks into the the kitchen and he's standing there kind of looking around for Anne and behind him the door slowly kind of creaks open. Yeah. And he turns and stares at it. I mean, this is so creepy. I'm thinking Bob's going to die. He walks down the stairs. He calls, calls for Anne. And as he gets to the bottom, he turns around, hears a noise, and he sees her head roll down the stairs. He runs up the stairs and makes it out just as the door almost closes, but his hand gets stuck. So this door, you know, like, I guess is being supernaturally controlled. There's a POV again coming after him slowly, but he gets out just in time. And then Lucy comes home and finds Bob crying in the room, and he tells her what happened, and she doesn't believe it.
1: So they go back to the cellar together. I'm like, why?
0: You were the worst mom in the world. Your son has been traumatized by this horrible thing happening in the basement. Now you're going to take him down there with you while you investigate.
1: Well, they don't, they don't find anything except for like Bob briefly sees a pair of glowing eyes and doesn't say anything. So they just go back upstairs and then Norm is in a different cemetery looking for Freud's tomb. Yeah which makes no sense because it's in his living room and he knows that Mm -hmm. and it also makes no sense because the cemetery manager comes and talks to him and is like we're closed you're closed on Sunday afternoon when is the cemetery open (laughs) (laughs) so fucking stupid
0: even what the manager tells to him doesn't make any sense
1: oh you two what do you mean well you're not the first
0: Look, friend, I came over 200 miles to see this tomb, and I want to see it. Well, you shouldn't have bothered. There's no Dr. Freudstein here. But according to the official records, he was buried here. The official records don't mean a thing. It's a lot of bunk that Freudstein's buried here. Just gossip. Okay, first of all, if the official records say that he was buried here, the official records are not gossip (laughs) (laughs) I don't I I think this is baffling and there's no good explanation for all this bullshit of his investigation
1: no they should have cut that scene entirely it doesn't make any sense no it's it's weird okay so then Bob's upset that Anne is dead but Lucy's like don't worry she'll come back (laughs) <laughs> so he goes. So he goes back to the cellar looking for her. Yes, I and love And the it. cellar door closes again. But he walks downstairs. He calls
0: out to Annie, He says, "Anne, mommy says you're not dead. Is that true?" <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: and he sees the glowing eyes again. And I really don't understand what's happening in here because places. In, in a bunch of places, like, are we? I, mm-hmm. I I assume we're to believe that because there's only one thing down there, right? I
0: honestly. I'm sorry. I know this sounds like a cop-out, but I think some of this is in Bob's head.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: I do. So, it's all right. <laughs> I'm seeing glowing eyes everywhere. I really oh my do. Oh,
1: God. Maybe it's all in Bob's it's, head, okay? I don't know. It's the best I, it's I can f- do. stupid. <laughs> so, Bob runs back up, and he's banging on the door, and he can't get out, and Lucy can't open it. How is it locked? Like,
0: uh, it's supernatural. This oh is the thing god. the door. But th- but we've it's seen not. this happen five times before. You're not surprised this by by the sixth time, are oh you?
1: God, but it's locked and she tries to jimmy the lock again. She just breaks the key. It's so stupid. And I have in my notes this isn't tense, it's just annoying. Oh, I thought it was tense. Oh my god, it made me so angry. And so she she breaks the key in the lock and then she tries to jimmy the door open with a knife and she breaks Norm- the knife. Oh
0: no. Okay, let's talk about this scene. Can I can I narrate this? Yes. Bob. Okay, so Norman, there's a shadow that passes through the, behind her and comes over her, and she spins around, but it's Norman. So he's home. Yeah. And she's like, he's, he's trapped in there, blah, 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 blah. And Norman says, okay, uh, Bob, keep away from the door. He picks up an axe, hmm. and he's going to axe through the door. Bob says, okay, I will. And the instant he says that, that creepy hand, finally... <laughs> Yeah, grabs Bob's head and slams it against the door just as Bob sends the axe through it and it comes out right by his head. My God, dude.
1: That was good. How do you think they filmed that? I don't know, but holy shit. This was one of the <laughs> most intense scenes.
0: Honestly, one of the most intense scenes I've ever seen in a horror movie. It all happened so fast that it's like you, I, I literally screamed at the screen.
1: It was, it was pretty cool because it was really close. Like it just like shaved the tip of his nose, and then it happened again.
0: It happens again. Just it hits the back of him, and of course Norm on the other side is oblivious that Bob's head is against the door right now, being pressed by this hand. And I don't know if it was the dad in me or what, but I was just like, oh my god, if this guy ends up axing his own kid's head through the door trying to get him out of there, this would be like the most horrible thing I've ever seen. And I would respect the movie so much.
1: I know. It would have been a whole different movie. I know. Okay. So then I say in my notes, Norm knows that Freudstein killed Sheila. Who's Sheila? Oh, my God. Who is Sheila? Oh,
0: my God. He's suddenly expositioned Norman. He knows everything now about exactly what's going on.
1: He needs human victims to renew his cells. It's how he stays alive.
0: Like, where the f*** did any of this come from?
1: Who is Sheila? Uh, (laughs) Why do I have... I don't know. I don't have Sheila written. I don't know. Maybe you just heard something. Norm Nosy killed her, I guess, apparently. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe he just made that up. I don't know.
0: Somehow, I think it was maybe when the axe came to the back half of of the kid's head. It's very unclear. But Norm has chopped off this guy's hand. And so... Um, What we now see as Freudstein stumbles down the stairs with a stump, which allows them to finish axing through the door and grab
1: Bob. And it's at this point, I mean, if we hadn't figured this out already, we figure out that that childlike crying has been coming from him the whole time. And he's doing it again. And it's so weird. And I hate it. And Mm -hmm. he's a weird zombie thing
0: like yeah he's like a mummified guy
1: i don't have a point of comparison like i don't know what's compare yeah it's weird yeah
0: it's almost like a mummy in a way yeah but it's creepy
1: yeah oh it is it is creepy and may (laughs) from the ether i guess screams no and then bob screams and then there are bodies everywhere
0: hmm The bodies of the previous people, Anne and Laurie, are both hanging there. He sees um, Anne's head on the floor.
1: That's when he explains the whole... He needs human victims to renew his cells, and that's all, the only explanation you're going to get. Like, how he's doing it, what that's all about, who cares. Yeah. But he, I don't care. No, I don't care either. That's fine. But then Norman fights him briefly... And then he reaches over and then he reaches over to the table of bloody knives. <laughs> uh, and he grabs one of Whoa, the bloody hilarious. knives and stabs Freudstein with it, and what can only be described as shit and maggots pour out of the wound. Yeah. But then this surprised me. Then I, I have to say I was actually really kind of surprised by the end. I, I uh, As much as I continue to hate this movie, the ending was kind of satisfying because it was unexpected to me. Freudstein rips Norman's throat out. Yeah. <laughs> While Lucy it. and
0: Bob cower in the corner and do absolutely nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then they run up the steps to the tombstone, and she is trying so hard to move it as the killer is coming up behind them, and I thought for sure she was going to, but she doesn't. He pulls her down the stairs, and then it fades to black briefly. Oh, man. And then you see her body on the floor. So I assume she's dead. You you don't well, see her get she killed. Hits,
0: you see her head hitting every single stair on the way down. Yeah, yeah. That's Again, true. Fulci, man, he just he just wants you to see everything up really close. Like, seriously, 12 hits of her head on the stairs this camera patiently tracking close up to her head all the way down while bob is screaming and i mean look it is a stupid movie right but even stupid movies like this can get to me at some times and i again i don't know if it's the dad and me or whatever but this poor kid has seen his dad's throat get ripped out and now his mom is being dragged down the stairs and yeah he was annoying but
1: man fine i'll give you that the ending is okay
0: It really upset me seeing the trauma that this poor kid was going through with his parents one by one being taken away by this thing and and almost nothing he can do about it. He's he's trapped. So Freudstein is now going after Bob and Bob struggles to get through the opening and he grabs Bob just as May's hand comes into view from the other side, uh, pulling that tomb apart and they pull Bob out through there and now suddenly he's not being pursued anymore. Like everything kind of drops away. Suddenly, they're on the other side of the tomb, and everything's quiet. And May and that woman, who, again, I'm pretty sure is Mrs. Freudstein.
1: Yeah, we see her face. It for sure is her. This, this is the first time we see her face. And we had seen her face because there was a photograph on her tombstone. So it for sure is mm-hmm.
0: her. And she says... "Me." Time to go home and remember your manners. Now that Bob is saying, show him you can act like a Freudstein. You know some other guest is surely destined to drop in. And the mom takes both of their hands and walks them both out down the street. And there's a baffling quote at the end yeah. <laughs> from Henry James. No one will ever know whether children are monsters or monsters are children.
1: Whatever. I don't know.
0: Whatever. But... So,
1: so Bob's dead, right?
0: Bob's dead, yeah. He never made it out. And, then and you know, his body, what we saw, uh, you know, in that earlier sort of premonition, that's how he ended up. Okay. You know, that's how I interpret that. And yeah. I think that was actually quite clever that we saw that earlier in the movie. Yeah, and then uh, presumably Freudstein's going to keep doing what he's doing. And he's got to be some kind of supernatural entity, not oh, just yeah. a guy because of the, all that stuff. And I thought it, honestly, like, all that satisfied me. You know, whatever weirdness as far as how did this guy know this and what are these townspeople talking about, whatever. Like, whatever. Like, it just kind of slipped away. I felt like this was the most coherent and, uh, in a way, logical of all of Fulci's movies. And it's basically a very standard-style haunted house story. Like we said several times in this description, almost every little thing in this happens in almost every haunted house story. But this one, I thought... Built good suspense, had a lot of intrigue, you know, opened up a lot of threads. Some of them didn't end up getting satisfactorily answered, but many of them did, I think. Had this ghost in the beginning warning Bob, you know, because this has happened to her and it's happened to Mrs. Freudstein. I don't know how many times we've seen that before, but I thought it was a creepy, effective and super gory uh, and shocking and great cinematography. I really liked it. It's not a modern masterpiece, but... God, I just, the second time I watched, I enjoyed it even more, honestly. I thought way better than the first in this trilogy, City of the Living Dead, which was just like a mass chaos fever dream that made no sense and was just bizarre. I don't know why you hate it so much.
1: <laughs> I really don't. I don't know. Maybe I was just in a bad mood, but I don't, I didn't like it. I Like, it was difficult for me to keep watching it. I had the the movie going on one screen and I was... <sighs> I was looking at TMZ and like This isn't even uh, a this boy. isn't even a
0: slow burn, like you know, yeah, like, we, uh, like I thought example- it was
1: painfully, painfully boring. It it's too many uh loose ends for me. Too many. It it, it makes me mad. It it angers me like you're you're setting things up and then not paying that off and I can forgive that. Which ones? Like the 400 that I listed in the beginning when I asked you explain this, explain this, explain this and you couldn't. Explain that doll? Yes! What? Who cares? Then what then why introduce it? Why make it seem like it's going to be a thing and then it's not a thing? It's a ghost it's a ghost girl's doll
0: that he brought home and oh, that creeped God. out the mom. Boom done okay. what's next
1: yeah what else can i
0: explain for you
1: <laughs> why did multiple people see norman there and why was he cagey about having a photograph of that house
0: i don't think he was cagey i really don't think he knew he had a photograph of that house i think some of this is just fate type oh weird God. stuff
1: I'm, I'm telling you you you're i can understand i can understand why you like this movie because you're writing it. it yourself that's why you like it, because you're writing it yourself. You are writing a movie that doesn't exist. All You're filling in holes. Why
0: can't you accept this explanation? It's, <laughs> why can't you accept this explanation? Can, Does it not make sense to you?
1: No, I'll accept your made-up reasons, but you're just making them up. Like... <laughs> the, uh, just because the, the movie
0: doesn't explicitly answer that question doesn't mean that we can't find an acceptable answer to it
1: I understand I'm just saying don't establish mystery to then leave it hanging like that 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 irritates me like don't make it don't make it seem like it's well okay so it's like
0: burnt offerings you
1: know yes that's fine and i accept your interpretation of it but there's nothing in the movie that tells us that that's the case in the in burnt offerings we are told that we're told what that the that the house is a vampire, and that it lures people in and that it, it like possesses them and sucks their life force and kills them. And that's how the house thrives. We are told and that. here,
0: here we are told that in the cassette tape.
1: I've lost all critical perspective, the signs, the warnings of this house, Freudstein's house, that anguish crying. And Sheila smiles. What can I do to make her believe me? Maybe I'm insane. Yes, this is all unreal. Freudstein's house draws me like an infernal magnet and frightens me.
0: How many have wandered innocently into the waiting spider web? How many more are doomed to follow? This is just one of those things. It happens again and again and again. The house draws people in. They succumb to Dr. Feldstein, the mess gets cleaned up, and it just again and again and again keeps happening.
1: Okay, that well, I, I can't refute your cassette tape evidence. That is good evidence. I don't know. I just, I didn't, like, that's, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I really am. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, and... I would not recommend it. <laughs> like oh, we wow. at the at the end, we usually say, "Well, I might recommend it." No, I wouldn't. I, I,
0: wow, we could not dis. I don't think I've ever disagreed with you more about a movie. In part, I've never been so shocked that you've been so unwilling to give so many things a pass. There have been far worse movies that you've been waving away. Oh, it's okay. It's just a dumb movie. Oh, this is typical of these movies. And oh, like, whatever. It's just a look. Like, and I cannot believe that this movie, which is so skillfully made uh, and so intriguing, in my opinion, and is so typical. Like, it's not even groundbreaking. It is so typical of a haunted house movie. You're not willing to wave those things away. It's just so bizarre, Craig.
1: I don't see it. But I'm I don't know. Going. We'll keep I, our it, like, friendship. It's fine. <laughs> I guess. Maybe. Uh, no. like I, Again, I don't recommend it because I, aside from you, I can't think of anybody that I know that would like this movie. Wow. But if you've seen it or if you watch it, take a side because I'm sure I'm going to win. <laughs> and let us know in the comments. Wow. At one of our many places.
0: I've got to say to you, we're going to have to do one more of these because no. City of the Living Dead is the first. This is the third. The second one in the trilogy, The Beyond, is widely regarded as one of Fulci's like, masterpieces by people who acknowledge that Fulci has made a lot of garbage and a lot of baffling, weird shit that the second one, The Beyond, is held in very high end, uh, regard. The first movie, you know, it's called The Gates of Hell Trilogy. The first movie uh, we did here on the podcast is called City of the Living Dead. It was released on video cassette in the U.S. Uh, called The Gates of Hell. And uh, it's like, you know, a priest uh, hangs himself and a seance happens and it's just like uh, all the signs point to suddenly the gates of hell opening. And then it culminates in like a tomb where they're literally closing the gates of hell and it seems like they're closed. Didn't we do that? We did, yeah, yeah. We we didn't like the movie at all. We thought no, it was, it was a bunch of <laughs> incoherent
1: nonsense. Oh, that doesn't sound familiar at all.
0: <laughs> oh my god! I, I I think I agree that movie was incoherent nonsense. This movie is nothing like it. This movie is like freaking steven spielberg compared to that movie the second movie in the series the beyond is about some people who are in a house it's another sort of hounded house story but this house is built over the gates of hell and of course they're open again or they never got closed in the first movie interestingly enough this third movie in it i i I detected no gates or hell in this entire movie so it's kind of weird that it's the third in the trilogy but he said that he wanted to do something lovecraftian this is actually, it's what he said about all three of these movies. The first one, I want to do something Lovecraftian. This third one, I want to do something Lovecraftian, but not in a typical way. And uh, I don't know if I really see the Lovecraft in this, but you're, you've are you probably read more of Lovecraft than I do.
1: Well, mad scientist. Yeah, trying to find eternal life. Yeah, I, I mean, I see. Nah, I, I, I am not a Lovecraft scholar. I like the idea of Lovecraft yeah. more than his actual work. He's really oh, hard I to think. read.
0: Well, anyway, this has been one of my favorite episodes so far. Oh, God. I'm glad we had this opportunity to battle it out. It's grudge matches, like steel cage grudge match. Uh, Thank you, patrons, for selecting this movie to torture Craig with. I say mission accomplished. Uh, I couldn't thank you enough for picking the right movie. If you listeners would like to join the party and uh, become a patron as well, just go to patreon.com slash Podcast, and uh, just five bucks a month or ten if you're feeling really generous, gets you access to that and and all this behind-the-scenes stuff that we're relying more and more on our patrons to help us put this podcast together. If you want to have that level of influence, please consider uh, joining the crew and also uh, you'll get... um, our unedited phone calls, which are even more salacious.
1: Yeah. And, uh, just controversial, full of <laughs> curse words and dirty jokes and everything.
0: You Blood and gore. <laughs> yeah, everything, the M- everything the MPAA makes us cut out. This, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate your support nonetheless, wherever it comes from. The best thing you can do is share this with a friend or go to one of the websites where you enjoy this podcast uh, and write a review. Let the rest of the world know how much you enjoy us as long as all the comments are positive. If not, forget about it. (laughs)
1: Listen to something else. (laughs)
0: Listen to someone else's lame-ass podcast, you pansy. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With two guys in a chainsaw.